Hello everyone, I'm Miranda Myers. And I'm Rebecca Down. And we're your hosts for Queer Bait, one of the newest podcasts on all things LGBTQ+, in Hollywood and beyond. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about U-Hauling. Wow, a lesbian um, ritual almost, I think. Yeah, I was <laughs> I was going to be like stereotype, but the whole point of this episode is to figure out whether or not it's actually a stereotype or if it's just factual. I know what side I'm on. Me too. <laughs> um, stick around to hear more. So before we get started today, I just want to point out something amazing. Mm-hmm. We've officially hit 50 listeners. 50 listeners. That's crazy. Um, in case anyone's wondering, um, most of them are from the United States. Makes a lot of sense. Um, <laughs> but we do officially have listeners in Canada, Poland, and Switzerland. We're international, baby. Almost superstars. <laughs> this is called making it big. Um, no, but really, thank you so much to everyone who is listening and tuning in consistently. Um, we have a lot of fun making these, and it's awesome to know that it's being listened to. Yeah, we really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, if you want to stay up to date with us, you can find us on the web at queerbaitclub.com, or you can find us on Instagram at queerbaitclub, um, where you can just stay up to date on what we're doing. We do post articles online. We do post photos on Instagram. Um, and we just love that people are keeping up with what we're doing. Yeah, it's always fantastic to know that we're not just talking into a void. You know, that there are really people out there. Yeah, or just talking into a microphone. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Either way. With that kind of being said, an update on Queerbait. Um, We do have news for you today in the LGBTQ plus community. Um, Again, with sports news. I feel like this might be the third week in a row that we're talking about sports. It's a newsworthy topic, apparently. It is very much a newsworthy topic. Um, Do you want to go ahead and talk about it then? Um, So... WNBA star Brittany Griner pled guilty to drug charges in Russia. Um, She's been incarcerated since February 17th, 2022, when she flew into the country carrying a vape cartridge with hashish oil. Um, She's been under investigation for for large-scale transportation of drugs, and her trial is scheduled to begin on July 14th and is expected to end early August. Um, And in case you're wondering, hashish oil is basically weed oil. So she had a vape pen with a weed-type oil in it. Um, it's made international headlines because she has been jailed for so long. And it wasn't until um, yesterday that they finally assigned her a trial date. Mm-hmm. Um, she Ill, she is LGBTQ+. Um, her wife, who is still in the United States, has really been petitioning on her behalf for the U.S. government to step in and do a little more. And only yesterday, um, President Biden addressed it and said that he's doing as much as he can um, to cooperate with the Russian officials um, and to get Brittany back to the, the United States. President Biden and Kamala Harris um, stated that they were working hard. Just wanted to include Kamala Harris. Yes, they both did make a statement. Um, a handwritten letter from Brittany's wife was delivered to President Biden, which he read, he addressed, and apparently he wrote one back, um, though that has not been released to the public, so I can't confirm what it said. Um, but publicly, he has stated in the last day or two that he's doing as much as he can. Um, yeah, not an ideal situation. Um, no, I don't think so. <laughs> not at all. Um, her trial is expected to last a little less than two weeks, but again, the total time that she has been there is three three and a half months at least um 
yeah, not ideal. Our second story of the day is also not ideal. Qatar, which will be the host of the 2022 World Cup, one of the greatest sporting events in the world, if not the single greatest. I actually think it gets more viewers than the Olympic Games. Wow. Interestingly enough, in case you're into sports again, um, they announced that they would not be able to confirm the safety of LGBTQ plus viewers who attend live games in Qatar. Um, They said that it was part of their culture, um, that that was not okay, uh, that they ask that you respect their culture and their traditions, that other things that will not be okay will be public displays of affection, of any sexuality. Um, Homophobia is rampant, apparently, culturally. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, they actually initially, when they picked guitar, had to okay drinking publicly. Wow, as I well. Know that. Yeah, just for the games. Um, so not an ideal situation. And Qatar did say that and make a public statement saying that um, about like a week ago now. Where did they do this last time? It's a great question. I think it was Russia, but I don't remember. Hmm. I'm just curious if these like cultural um, respect is always dealt out i think that they've this was already a really big point of contest when they were picking qatar knowing that these things were going to be really big issues um i think in a lot of the other countries where maybe they're not as open and diverse as the u.s or really north america as a whole um those countries did give a little more leeway um when it was in Ghana, it was also kind of spoke about and then it wasn't as big of an issue, I don't think. But Qatar has very much been like, no, we are going to f- culturally follow our standards. Like mm-hmm. we are not going to give any leeway in this. Um, and for that reason, a lot of people took issue with Qatar and having them be the host of the greatest event in sports. Um, yeah, it's just an interesting thing. I'm surprised that it's it's still going strong. But I suppose they, they announced basically they were like, we've already sold 1.2 million tickets. We don't really care. We have enough viewers. It's fine. I feel like I'm disappointed, but not surprised. No, and Qatar and FIFA, the delegating body of international soccer itself, is like constantly riddled in controversy. So this is not in the least bit surprising, uh, just disappointing all around. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about this briefly off mic one time, talking about brands that really support um, or go all out for Pride Month. Adidas is one of them. Right. Adidas is a soccer brand. I'm not sure if this is true, but I heard once that Adidas st- stood for all day I dream about soccer. So a soccer brand. Um, during <laughs> I've never heard that before. Yeah, I don't know if that's true, but I've known that I've known that for a long time as letters that add up to that phrase. Um, but they, during Pride Month, have like a Pride collection. They're the brand with the stripes, the three stripes. And during Pride, they'll make that like rainbow stripes mm-hmm. and be like, yeah, Pride is great. And people took issue because they sponsor heavily, obviously, um, the World Cup. And it was it was a heavy contrast to have them having a Pride Month collection. Yeah, and then it just also, really shows what that money is really doing. Yeah, like it, it very much. If you feel like Pride Month sometimes is a corporate holiday and then they slap you in the face with like then promoting the World Cup in Qatar where it's mm-hmm. like very anti so many things, including LGBTQ+. Um just a crazy juxtaposition was not thrilled when i found that out not surprised that they were promoting it but then when i saw that they were doing the pride month collection i was like come on adidas do better yeah that's just very apparent the issues there yeah um so unfortunately we didn't have much positive news today hopefully next week we will have something good and maybe more <laughs> lighthearted or or positive um but that are those are our new stories for this week um stay tuned to hear about one of the biggest 
possible stereotypes for lesbians. Stay tuned to hear more. All right. The discussion that we're about to have is incredibly important. It is. I think we're about to, like, really solve one of the lesbians' biggest mysteries. Or at least questions. Yeah, and for sure one of the biggest stereotypes. Yes. This is a possible stereotype, and we're going to be figuring it out today. And we've pulled a few definitions from Urban Dictionary about what U-Hauling seemingly is. Seemingly is. Um, We're going to say the definition, so mom, if you're listening, you're about to learn a a possible thing that you might hear again. Um, Yeah, remember this. Remember this one. Um, But the definition of U-Hauling from Urban Dictionary is a word used to describe lesbians who move very quickly towards commitment. Definition number two is the speedy act of moving in together after a brief courtship between lesbians. And definition number three, which I've never actually heard, but Urban Dictionary had, is the nuclear option for breaking up with a live-in significant other, where you take the day off and move all of their stuff out into the truck while they are at work and change the locks for (laughs) the domicile. The dirty bomb variant is to pack a trailer instead of a truck and just to push it down the hill. Quick side note, isn't the third definition on Urban Dictionary always the craziest? Yeah, like, you <laughs> you read the first one and you're like, yeah, that's logical, hmm, I get okay. it. I've heard that before, that makes sense contextually to what I heard, mm-hmm. and the more you read down, the worse and worse it gets. It's always like, Brad, when he destroys your blah 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 and goes crazy. Yeah, like, <laughs> you're like, there's no possible way this is right. Somebody was just mad, and they had to go give a definition mm-hmm. on urban dictionary actually when i was in middle school did this happen to you people were really into like writing definitions of their name mm-hmm. yes and it would be like miranda is a beautiful soul who wakes up every morning and does brings brightness to the world yep and people would write those i remember my friends like loving writing them or they would like read them i only remember reading them um but yeah i remember like going around the school like oh what's your urban dictionary definition yeah and then some of them were like Amanda is a slutty slut whore. And then you have to like read that out loud and be like, oh my God. Oh no, that's not how I wanted to start the day. Also, in case anyone is wondering, I don't know if we've ever, we've used Urban Dictionary a couple times now on the show. And I don't think we've we ever used explained it. In our it. very first episode. Yeah, for, for Queerbait. Queerbait. Um, Urban Dictionary is a website that is people sourced, crowdsourced almost for definitions of things that are not formal. Like it is not a Webster dictionary. It is like slang dictionary. So anyone can go and put a definition for any type of slang word. So when we read off these definitions, it's like how the internet or culture perceives what a phrase or word is. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, U-hauling, again, is a word used to describe lesbians who move very quickly towards commitment or the speedy act of moving in together after a brief courtship between lesbians. So I actually want to say up front that my current belief is that u-hauling is a fact that it's just factual it's a fact of lesbians they just how many mo- do you know like i know like how many least- lesbians do i know <laughs> <laughs> no obviously <laughs> i mean how many lesbian couples do you know that have really like rushed into marriage or rushed into living together you know what? i really can't say that many but i 
to me it feels more like emotionally i feel like the lesbians say i do faster and that would lead to moving in faster but genuinely in terms of like proportionally how many of my lesbian friends move in really quickly together not that many i I can think of at least three couples that i've known that like got married within a year married within a year genuinely that's absolutely insane to me but Uh, it happens when you know you know i guess that's (laughs) what they say but like i said like i'm saying i knew this girl once who i swear she knew she she was the one (laughs) she knew she was the one and that she was a catch no go ahead keep going she knew that this girl was the one within two months they were engaged within six they were married within the year and then divorced within three like there was the whole i watched the whole relationship play out i think that's the fear of like you hauling is that you move too fast um you hauling is not just moving too fast like it's explicitly moving in together not necessarily getting married but they do almost go hand in hand let me say the first definition only says lesbians who move very quickly toward commitment. That is true. Not necessarily moving in. Yeah. U-hauling, I think, can also mean moving in together according to the second definition. Well, that's where U-hauling the term comes from. Yes. It's like we're moving in think, together. I think the term also consistently gets used to just describe couples who swear that this is going to be the one relationship that's meant to last forever. Yeah. I think so as well. When I think that's why it's kind of an interesting conversation, which again, we've had off mic just casually before, is like, is this stereotype brought about by the fact that lesbian relationships maybe do get more emotionally intertwined or attached quicker than male-male relationships or male-female relationships or... Well, can I say my theory? Yeah. Without doing any research. Mm -hmm. My theory is that lesbians and especially women who maybe weren't out when they were in high school Mm -hmm. didn't get to experience that like puppy love or that high school love where you kind of do rush into things quickly you know you're like this is my first love let's date right now you date for three months it's very whirlwind in high school right right but now as an adult you're experiencing that for the first time but you also have the power to make your own decisions so i think there's like i am able to move in I know that I'm in love. This is a very like whirlwind romance. And I think because you didn't experience it as a teenager, you really want to like hold on to that. There's a more like clinginess almost. That's just a theory. I have no research. But that's my theory. Yeah, I that makes a lot of sense to me. I think the part that I agree with the most is that you have the means to do it. Like this is almost like your puppy love, but happening in your 20s. So yeah, now you're, you're working a job. You're probably you're like working a job. And you're out. And you haven't experienced being out before with this much like freedom yet. Right. And there's so much like that goes along with that. And so it's the commitment part to me is just the puppy love part. I don't think that's strictly a lesbian thing, but I think it comes more with uh, maybe being out for the first time and you're like a happier person and you have a little more money and you make your own decisions now. Like, you're not 16 and mom and dad aren't going to stop you from doing it if that's what you decide you want to do. Yeah, you're not afraid of getting, like, kicked out of your house. Which I think brings us to the next point is that this stereotype is very much focused on lesbians specifically. It is not for the gays and it's not for the straight, it's not for the gay men and it's not for the straight people. It's strictly for the lesbians. And why do you think that is? Like, why do you think this is so woman-woman centric? Um, well, women are stereotypically more commitment oriented Mm -hmm. 
So I think you have a lot of couples, like lesbian sapphic couples, who both of them are going to agree quicker to be like, sure, let's do it. Sure. I think... I think from the way that we've talked about relationships or from the way I've just talked to other like friends who are girls, um, a lot of it comes from like there's just a shared experience of being a woman that I don't, I don't know, I'm not a man, um, that I think those shared experiences do genuinely make it easier to connect. Like an emotional connection is easier to form between women because you just naturally, intrinsically have a shared experience an understanding of like maybe being more in tune of emotions mm-hmm. that even like male male relationships don't have because I think males maybe don't have the same like experiences all the time where I think women have very similar experiences if they're from generally the same place if that made sense I'm tentative to agree with you because I think we are I mean this whole conversation of course is diving into stereotypes but I don't want to like dive extremely into like gender roles which i think we're like getting into a little bit yeah but there's something to say about the fact that like like we've already stated this is a lesbian stereotype and the reasons for that like there has to be some reason for that (laughs) yeah sure i guess we were keeping with stereotypes it's because women are more emotional and so of course they're gonna move in together and they're gonna think it's the one and so they move in together like women want commitment relationships and they just move faster. Like, all yeah, of that like makes that would sense. be my first thought. Yeah. Like, stereotypically, all of that makes sense to put on the lesbians, to put on the women. But I think when I think about it on a slightly deeper level, I'm like, where would this stem from aside from just, like, projecting that onto people? My real theory is that our periods, like, immediately sync up when we start dating. And then we're emotional together. And that's why we move in and we make irrational decisions. Yeah. And it's almost like when you're really upset and I'm really upset at the same time, I give you the proper amount of support. And then aren't I just perfect because I know what you're going through? (laughs) And that's why, you know, how could you not to commit to something like that? Yeah. How could you not (laughs) commit your life to someone who's already in sync with you? Um, (laughs) No, but jokes aside, um, I did want to debunk this stereotype a little bit and find out. Debunk? A little bit. I don't want to learn that we don't do this. It's something that I almost hold with pride like yes have you ever, have you ever been accused of u-hauling yes no way moving in with someone or just emotionally being too attached? just emotionally attached how how many times um probably even recently i'm a loving person i say it quickly and therefore i have been accused before of u-hauling of yeah oh here comes the u-haul because i've already said i love you no who says that is it other gays saying that to you yeah it's never a straight person would you be offended if a straight person would be like oh, probably th- i'd be like you don't even get to use that term you th- <laughs> towards me in my direction um no i think if a friend says it and they're gay then it's funny but if a straight person says it then it's a little derogatory yeah it's like a slur yeah used in my direction i would not appreciate it if a straight person said it yeah if a straight person said it cancel her ass my gay friends though sure I could use a healthy dose of criticism every once in a while. (laughs) You're like, I'm learning and growing and this is constructive for me. Thank you (laughs) for taking time out of your day to think about me. Um, No, but really, we did scientifically, we did not. We read um, a scientific study about this exact issue um, because apparently there were some sociologists at Stanford University who wanted to examine this exact same thing. Um, And what they found is actually pretty interesting. So if you want to know, stay tuned to hear more so 
So again, in an effort to debunk if U-hauling is really a true fact or just a stereotype put upon the lesbians, I reviewed a Stanford study by sociologists to see if this was actually factually correct. So in a study conducted in 2017 called Commitment Timing in Same-Sex and Different-Sex Relationships, um, there were two sociologists who conducted a study to compare the length of a relationship to the time it took same-sex and different-sex couples to move in together. So this was a qualitative research study on same-sex and different-sex relationships in the United States, um, and it found some interesting information. And the first and foremost part that they started with was that this study demonstrated that in a male-female partnership, male partners tend to play a dominant role in initiating whether couples become romantically involved. And female partners are typically the ones to first suggest that the couple move in together or raise the issue of marriage. So that's the status of in male-female relationships, kind of what each gender does. So then the presumption then was that male-male couples would move in slower and female-female couples would move in faster. Right. Because females are the ones who bring up the issues of moving in together and marriage. So if you've got two of them in a relationship, based on the fact on the different sex relationships, females would move in faster because both presumably would want to. They'd bring it up first. When they say romantically involved, do they mean like starting a relationship, like becoming exclusive? Yeah, it was from being like friends or from casually dating to giving it a title. Okay. So the girlfriend title, the boyfriend title, whatever you partner title, kind of whatever your preference is, um, was what that meant in terms of males making it romantic. Not specifically like, and I love you? No. That's a different study, which we can address one day, but it was not in this one. It was not saying I, I was love just you curious. Um, what was interesting about this study, and I guess we can kind of get straight to the point, is that the answer from this study was that female-female relationships did, in fact, move in quicker than male-female or male-male relationships. So, to a little bit of an extent, you so hauling... not debunking. Not debunking, but I want to get the facts <laughs> straight. The facts here were that for female-female relationships, the number of years from the relation formation to moving in together or marriage was 1.3 years. <laughs> Relation formation. <laughs> Relation formation was 1.3 years. All right. For male-male relationships, it's 1.47. And for male-female, it's 1.94 years. So really, all of them are less than two years. And realistically, the difference to me between 1.33 and 1.47 is so minimal that it's almost comical to make like... I guess it is a stereotype. I guess it is accurate, but it's not based in big numbers. What is that? Like a year and four months uh, for us? Yeah, about a year and four months. And Interesting. then the other intricacy to this as well is that, and this kind of goes into what we talked about earlier, and that lesbians maybe don't have serious relationships until a little later. That's kind of why you have that feeling of what I feel like you were saying was puppy love, mm-hmm. is that the average age when those relationships turn to marriage or living together, for female-female relationships was older than male-female or male-male. Mm-hmm. Female-female relationships, the average age was 33.9. So 
So almost 34 years old by the time they decided to move in together. Male-female relationships, the average age was 25.8. And male-male relationships were 37.2. So really, they're in their 30s by the time they move in together after 1.33 years together. So that actually doesn't seem ridiculous to me when I see it broken down into numbers. Yeah, I guess the stereotype doesn't have as much to stand on. But I can still believe it's true. <laughs> um, also in this study, it focused on over 2,000 couples. Um, they did not all end in marriage, but of the people who were surveyed back in 2015, by the time this survey was published in 2017, so two years later, female-female relationships, 88% of the people surveyed got married. Male-female relationships was 88%. And male-male relationships was 83. So I also think across the board, those numbers were the same. Between the people who moved in together and the people who got married, those stats were pretty high. Male-male mm-hmm. um, relationships had the lowest amount of marriages, but only by 5%, 5 percentage points. So I don't think it's that big of a deal, really. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty comparable. The other things, just in case anyone was wondering, that were kind of interesting in this study um, was that they focused on... Or they didn't focus on, but they also took into account the religiousness of the people in these relationships. And maybe unsurprisingly, um, in each of those kind of categories, they were asked whether one or both partners are evangelical. 12% of the female females and 12% of the male males were evangelical, while 38% of male-female relationships or evangelical, which to me just kind of stands up to exactly what you would think, maybe. Um, and that evangelical probably means getting married sooner, moving mm-hmm. in sooner. Yeah. And also maybe slightly disapproving of same-sex marriages. And I don't want that to be a holistic statement, but maybe a little bit plays a part. Um, and the last one that I read about, actually, is whether it was also taken into consideration if either partner's mother has a college degree. You told me about that. We did kind of say that was strange, but thinking maybe stereotypically as well, it could be important. Right. And it was, and that's kind of why they took it into account. I went back and reread the study to find out why that was. But the reason is that in any version of these relationships, female, female, male, female, male, male, um, the mother's role in initiating or supporting moving in together is really high with these like romantic relationships the mother might have like a higher opinion that they take into consideration right and that mothers with college degrees were less likely to be supportive of moving in together that's what they said in yeah the study yeah interesting yeah and so um with that being said 40 percent of the female female mothers had a, at least um a college degree this is actually a four-year college degree as well, um, is what they said. It's not on this paper, but it was a four-year college degree. 27% of mothers in the male-female couples did, and 32% of the male-male couples did. So that was kind of interesting that they were like, if she has, if your mom has a college degree, you probably won't move in together. But does it ultimately matter if these numbers are like pretty comparable? Um, No, but I do think it's interesting that... Like 88, 88, 83. For marriage rates yeah. are really high. That's a high rate as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Um, no, 
but I think looking at it when it's all broken down in front of you, all of these numbers are very, very similar um, from the average age of meeting to the average age of marriage and how long it takes people to move in. And still lesbians are the only ones who get shit on for you hauling when it's maybe these numbers, maybe a month difference between female, female and male, male. I see the data, but it can't exactly change my mind. It doesn't change my feelings <laughs> about it. Um, but it was interesting to see it all kind of played out here um, in front of us. Yeah, good good research. Thank you. I appreciate that. I don't know if that debunked it or reinforced the stereotype. I guess slightly debunked. Slightly. Slightly. Yes, female females do move in faster, but not by much. That's what you should take away from this. Um, anyway, that's all we have to say really on that topic. Stay tuned to hear more. If you're yearning for some queer content this weekend, we have a new season of Only Murders in the Building. We New season. <laughs> it first premiered on August 31st, 2021. The second season was just released on June 28th, and it's on Hulu to stream now. Yeah. Uh, this got me. It stars Steve Martin, Martin Short, and of all people, Selena Gomez. And the reason I say of all people is because this show is a comedy and when I read the premise and, like, the idea, I thought it was a drama. I mean, it is about murder, so I guess I don't blame you. And I, and like, this is this was my mistake, is that Selena Gomez herself, I was like, she's not really, like, a comedic actress. It's got to be a drama. And I don't get where you got that from. I don't know, because I don't, like, what else has she, like, really acted in? Like, she executive produced 13 Reasons Why. That's a drama. She was in that one movie. Nope, no, no idea. Tra- I don't even know what you're talking about. Oh, I'm so sorry. The one with Ashley Benson, Spring Breakers. And oh. that's kind of a comedy. It's a drama comedy. It, drama. That's what I'm saying. And then so I, is this, I guess, if you want to make it a drama comedy, sort of. Sure. It's about murder. But what I neglected to do here was take into account that the other two names are Steve Martin and Martin Short, who are like some of the funniest people probably to exist. Comedic legends. And I was like, okay, forget those guys. Selena Gomez, it's got to be a drama. Um,. Yeah, that and it's was not the wrong perception, and it's not because if you read the premise, yeah, it's about three strangers who share an obsession with true crime and suddenly find themselves wrapped up in one. A grisly death occurs inside their exclusive Upper West Side apartment building, and the trio suspects murder and employs their precise knowledge of true crime to investigate the truth. Um, I guess that does kind of sound dramatic, and that's how I felt when I read that as well. Is I was like, oh, true crime, they're investigating a murder, but it's like comical. It's like three bros who like listening to true crime podcasts and therefore think that they're detectives. Yeah, I mean, they go against the police's back in order to write their cr- true crime podcast. So, And to be transparent, we haven't watched the new season but you watched the first season and I watched most of it now. Yes. Um, and maybe in like episode one or two, they have a police officer who's like at the scene of the death and it's like, oh, great. Some people who think they know how to do my job better than I do. I bet you listen to true crime, huh? And so like it's very cheeky and on the nose. Um, so not drama as much as comedy. And I learned that very early on. Yeah, it's a fantastic show. I definitely recommend people go watch it. Um, the reason sleep- it's relevant for us yeah, the reason it's relevant for us is that in the second season, uh, a clip has been trending of Selena Gomez kissing Cara Delevingne. Another girl. Of all people. Yeah. <laughs> um, we don't know the context around this kiss because right. we haven't seen it. We're not here to spoil the second season for you. But 
it is interesting because in the first season, Selena Gomez's character was presumably straight. Yeah. She has a relationship with a man. A suitor. Yeah. So this second season introducing this was very like, some more, is this a queer show now? Am I adding it to my list? Yeah. And I think it was especially exciting for the gays because Cara Delevingne, the actress herself in real life, is queer, um, has had a string of celebrity girlfriends and boyfriends as well. Yeah. She's kind of like the, what, the like call sign for other celebrities yeah she's a little bit of, of the beacon yeah like the joke of cara delavine i don't mean this disrespectfully but as if you're seen with cara delavine it's se- like you're coming out uh yeah and i don't understand the origins fully of this but i think it's just that she's been with a lot of women yeah i mean we kind of ha- i have a list here of people she's dated that are pretty famous um cara delavine is known to have dated miley cyrus michelle rodriguez saint vincent ashley benson Sierra Miller, Paris Jackson, and then it's rumored that she even dated Harry Styles and Jaden Smith. I don't know about that last one. The Harry Styles? (laughs) Yeah, crazy. When? Um, It was actually a few years ago, so this wasn't particularly recent. I think it was credited back to like 2016, 2017, Hmm. and it didn't last long. Um, When I looked up the timeline of her relationships, which always makes me feel a little sleazy when I have to do that online... um, it was like they had a couple dates is basically what it said okay and before we move on i need to talk about her relationship with ashley benson i knew you were gonna do that half pretty little liars and half because i just really liked them together yeah i was gonna say i think we felt like they were like the thing they were like the hollywood lesbian couple they were and i think that's partly because they looked incredible together they did they were a very attractive couple and they just seemed like they were happy all the time um they probably they u-hauled for sure I mean, in the infamous sex swing photo, I think really brought on a lot of like attention that we loved. So I, I don't know if I know what the sex swing photo is. I'm so sorry. What? Yeah. Go All ahead. right. Well, for the listeners out there, please Google Cara Delevingne, Ashley Benson's sex swing photo. But not on a work computer, though. Don't do that. <laughs> basically, it's just that the two of them were like outside of their Los Angeles home, bringing in a like giant sex swing that the two of them had to carry into their house and they're like giggling as they do so like super excited to have just went to the sex store and bought this and be putting it into their house i love that for them though um yeah they seem like they're having a really fun time i remember when it went like viral amongst my twitter page everyone was like yes like look at how happy they look they're gonna be participating in something fun like not even in a sleazy way but just like in an excited lesbian way i guess um, this is not about the gays, and I'm sorry for this, but that story reminded me of the Megan Trainer photo with her husband, who's who was the kid in Spy Kids. Yes. Do you know his name? No. Don't know his name either. Anyway, there's that really famous picture of them now too, like walking out of a sex shop and they're just holding like a bag of dildos. Yep. That's it has the same energy as like being caught bringing in a sex swing. Not that we're against it, but it is just really funny. No, I'm for it. Yeah, I'm I was too for it for both of them. Yeah. Actually, for both couples, I was really for it but anyway that was a, a brief side note on cara delavine and ashley benson who we thought were endgame and were not wait yeah i have to ask as well when did she date miley cyrus really early on i feel like i remember that but not explicitly so really early on that was like the first thing in the timeline like 2015 are all these women on this list confirmed queer now uh yes yeah, so i don't know who sierra miller is and Paris Jackson, Michael Jackson's daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think she's come out, but they were seen kissing multiple times. 
um, which added to the lore of Cara Delevingne being like your coming out token. Um, so they, they weren't even confirmed dating, but they were spotted kissing on more than one occasion. May I participate in some Hollywood gossip? Really yeah, quickly? of course. Uh, the most recent time that I saw Cara Delevingne, Cara, in person, I mean in the news, <laughs> in person, I've when never I hung, Yeah, when I hung out with her last week. That was my confirmed gay moment when I hung out with her. Yeah, of course. No, but she was seen at an award show with Megan the Stallion. Mm-hmm. And of course, that like got a lot of buzz just because they were in like every photo together. Um, Megan the Stallion is by. Is she? So I'm just saying, do with that what you will. But yes, I'm pretty sure she has stated that she's by. Good for Megan the Stallion. I subscribe to Rolling Stone magazine. Love Rolling Stone. Megan the Stallion was on the cover. Um... And actually, one of the issues I took with that was that the writer wrote something about how Cara Delevingne was, like, annoying Megan the Stallion the whole night, which was an internet perception of that encounter and that whole interaction the I whole mean, night. she definitely looks like she is following her around a little bit. Like Cara's following Megan around Based the on the one picture, I will state, I don't subscribe to this idea completely, but the one picture where Megan is on the carpet and Cara is, like, peeking out from behind the, like, screen yeah i thought it was funny she did like it's mostly a joke my thing is if you're dating that many people you're probably a good time like you've got some game and personality to go with it yeah like you it's like if people were like shit talking you everywhere how would you continue to get dates there'd be like a rumor going on yeah like you would be we'd avoid you like the black plague but people still date cardell levine i'm not saying her and megan the stallion have done anything ever but i am saying i am implying it I'm saying that <laughs> I'm saying that I think they're good friends and we're like having a laugh and then everyone else was like putting that on her that she was annoying but there like were even that day at the award show there were tweets that said like no they're friends yeah and I believe that and to me that just felt like a show of personality and then people took it too far and were like god she's the worst and I was like Carter just seems like she's kind of fun um but her function in the show back to our original point (laughs) is that she is the love interest if only briefly and fleetingly of selena gomez yes and again we have not seen season two we have only seen the one clip that was trending on twitter of cara delavine and selena gomez kissing um and this maybe i don't know if it was explained more in season two we didn't want to spoil it for you so that's why we're not really going to talk about it um but some people felt like it might be almost queer baity if it's used only as a ploy for selena gomez's character to get more information on the murder in the building how would you feel about that if that's all it was she just kissed her so she could get more info queer bait or no i wouldn't care no me neither um i think that actually lends itself to the story pretty well like if she like has to do that like i don't know what really happens but what if they like fall in love after or something then that's a different storyline. Now you're just adding another like I'm, rom-com storyline. I'm fanficking to it. it right now. <laughs> it's like, no, I, I kissed you for the information, but now I love you. It's like they start dating because Kara, Kara is really, um, you know, like really charming. Mm-hmm. Her and real she, life persona. Yeah. And Selena Gomez is like, no, I'm just doing this for the information. But then they fall in love. But then Kara finds out that she was doing it just for the information. And, you know, trouble ensues then. They almost break up. But then there's an airport scene. <laughs> <laughs> you just wrote the whole script for the the only murders in the building movie. This is only in the murder, only murder in the building season three. Yeah. <laughs> it's just about their relationship. Um, no, but really people did say that. They were like, if this is only a 
ploy for Selena Gomez's character to gather information is a queer bait. And I think we've decisively been like, no, we kind of appreciate how it felt like inclusion. And even if it wasn't really like Cara Delevingne's character does seem to be genuinely queer, um, then it like works towards the storyline as a whole versus mm-hmm. just like a token character to be like, all right, check that box, which doesn't seem like Selena, something Selena Gomez would do very lightly. You know what I mean? To include that. Yeah, I trust her. I don't know why. For no reason. Yeah. Like, she's just got one of those faces that I, I mean, trust. she did 13 Reasons Why. Again, dark show, but sure. Which I was going to state, did some pretty dark stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think she always attempted to handle things with grace. Does that make sense? I think so as well. And I think you could even say that maybe more in her personal life as well, is that she was the center of, a, of one of the hugest breakups of our time, which was Justin Bieber and Selena Gomez being very on again, off again, breaking up, and then him immediately almost getting married to Haley Bieber now. Um, but she handled that with grace. And I think that <laughs> translated a lot to how people perceive her as an actress or as an entertainer as being like, oh, you're very kind it seems and mm-hmm. you really have kept to yourself so i do think that's reflected in her craft i do think she respectfully handles those things i don't expect her to like come out and just queer bait for the sake of it or queer bait for viewers yeah she's like i'm gay now bitches jk jk <laughs> she's never said that <laughs> she's never ever said that um no anyways only murders in the building is a fantastic show um it this has is not an ad by the way it is not a, it could be though because we're really Seriously. hyping it it's a really good show it is on hulu you're more than welcome to watch it and only because DM me for my password if you don't have hulu <laughs> <laughs> i queer bait club on instagram um no so if if you do want to watch i just wanted to bring this up because it is like art and i thought that was really cool but the show's production designer i think did a fantastic job like i watch the intro when that show comes on because i think it's so neat but like all of the houses look really nice and the set design is really nice um and kurt beach did that and i looked that up just so i could say that because i thought it was a fantastic like it was such a pretty show to watch that i was like who did this who is in charge of this yeah um you did a fantastic job uh it's a great show the writing's great steve martin produced it and wrote almost every episode so it is very funny and it is very well written and well crafted and there is a queer character starting in season two so if that's really what you're here for you should do that um, but that is all we really have for you today. Thank you so much for listening. I think this was actually a very fun time. Yeah, I had a we good covered one. a lot of topics. We did. Um, again, thank you so much to our listeners in Canada, Poland, Switzerland, the United States. Absolutely boggles our mind. That is so cool that we are being listened to. Fifty whole listeners instead of fifty half listeners. That would only be 25. (laughs) So thank you to the 50 (laughs) listeners who are listening to us. Um, Again, you can follow us on Queer Bait Club at Instagram. At Instagram. You can follow us on Instagram at Queer Bait Club. Uh, You can find us online at QueerBaitClub.com. I am your host, Miranda Myers. And I am your second host, Rebecca Down. And we look forward to chatting next week. Thank you so much for listening.